The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello again. <clears throat> As I mentioned at the beginning of the walking period, I want to talk about compassion. And I uh, suggested that you continue your practice for today with compassion for whatever arose in your thoughts and feelings. And this is a great way to go through life. To understand compassion, it really helps to look closely at suffering. And I'd like to refer to it as dukkha because there's a natural tendency to think of suffering as the direct result of outside forces. The house catches on fire and you're homeless and you suffer. And, you know, that that may well be true. But Buddhist teachings offer the insight that there's an intermediary cause of your being unhappy, your dukkha. And that cause is you want your house back. You are clinging to something that isn't true in the moment, which is the house has burned down. And these teachings do not say you need to be happy about it. But just to recognize that there is a cause to unhappiness or dukkha, which is in our control. Not very easy control, it turns out. But it's something that can be addressed and eventually ended. Dukkha can be ended. That's the third noble truth. And the fourth noble truth is the Eightfold Path, which includes wisdom, ethics, and practice. And the, the wisdom part includes understanding not just the cause of dukkha, but forming the intention to not cause it, to not harm. And it's taught as non-harming, but the other side of that coin is kindness to have this intention to meet the world, to meet experience with kindness. And it starts here. It starts with 
the being that you think is you. And compassion is this meeting dukkha with kindness. That's what we get. We're, we feel compassionate. Uh, one of my earliest teachers, who was not a teacher, um, I asked, uh, what's the difference between metta, or loving kindness, and compassion? And she said, well, metta is here, and compassion is here. It's a reaching out. And we can't always help people with their dukkha. I spent five years working with people who were dying. I couldn't make them not die. I couldn't make their pain go away. That was the doctor's job. But I could do a little. Mostly I could be present and loving. And it, it didn't make their external suffering different. But I think it did help them with the dukkha to feel supported. But the truth of dukkha is that we all own our own. And so it's very important to be equanimous, to have equanimity when dealing with any dukkha. Other people's, your dog or cat, and your own dukkha. Because we so want it to go away. We want it to go away, if not now, then yesterday. And the fact is, it has causes and conditions that has brought it into being. And as the owner of our own dukkha, we need to work on it. We need to, first of all, we need to accept it. And we need to meet it with compassion and recognize what it is. And remember, it can be ended and have that confidence. The reason it's so important to understand that dukkha is caused by clinging is that we tend to hold people responsible for the pickles they get themselves into. Well, she did it to herself. What do you expect? And, and so there's no compassion. Dukkha is what compassion is for. The house burning down is for the fire department. It's for neighbors coming over with blankets and casseroles. But compassion is for dukkha and recognizing this completely human tendency to cling and to cause the mind and the heart to suffer. 
and it's hard to accept. Particularly, I think, you know, go-getter Westerners that I'm going to be successful. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to cause myself any more dukkha. My sister once said that after I explained a little bit about Buddhism. She said, well, I just won't do that anymore. And, you know, all I could do was chuckle. It's going to happen over and over and over. So we get lots of opportunity to practice compassion. And when we do, there's something really wonderful that happens. When we're compassionate toward ourselves, we recognize how human it is to have dukkha. And the heart opens to all other beings. And we experience this connection to all other sentient creatures. And what I left each session at the hospice with was a sense of peace and joy and love that I I experienced in no other way. To, To spend five hours being compassionate. And And the sympathetic joy was there too. You know, when kindness meets suffering, dukkha, it responds with compassion. When it meets other people being happy, or a dog being happy, it responds with sympathetic joy. It's sort of like, you know, a free ride with someone else's happiness. And when we're practicing compassion, even for ourselves, it's so important to remember equanimity, to remember the universality of our experience and how complex our experience is. And that in the midst of all of that complexity, there can be a calm balance that takes this broader perspective and doesn't get so caught up in the minutiae of what's causing the dukkha. Doesn't take it so personally and can hold it with space that's filled with love so every now and then I hear people wish compassion for each other and it it strikes my very American ears as kind of funny because like mind your own business sort of a reaction but 
when I think about what it means, how freeing and comforting it is to live with compassion, uh, I can only say, I wish you compassion. <laughs>